The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. TechTown Detroit is a business incubator and accelerator, helping tech startups and local businesses launch and grow. TechTown supports businesses with co-working, office, meeting, and event space. They also connect entrepreneurs to resources and learning and networking events in Detroit. TechTown Detroit, Detroit's entrepreneurship hub. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Coming up on today's program, well, if you're a football fan, the Lions did it to us once again, coming oh so close, yet depriving us of that ultimate reward of a victory. How many times, how many times are we going to be dealing with this? My friend Pat Batchelor is going to join me for today's program to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of football and have a little fun with that conversation as well. Stick around for the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Samaritas, the state's largest private foster care and adoption agency. However, Samaritas also provides a number of other services around the state. They are one of the largest refugee resettlement agencies in Michigan. They serve homeless families, persons with disabilities, abused and trafficked women. They also provide market rate and affordable housing for seniors and HUD housing for families and also have skilled nursing, memory care and rehab communities in Grand Rapids, Cadillac and Saginaw. Samaritas, we thank them for their support here at Deadline Detroit. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. So glad you could join me on this Monday. And if you are a Lions fan, uh, you are no doubt probably still stinging a bit from yesterday's loss to the Oakland Raiders. The Lions came one yard shy, one yard away from tying a game uh, that maybe they should have won outright once again. We've said that so many times this season. Joining me now to talk about it is my friend Pat Batchelor, morning anchor at WDET, Detroit Public Radio. Pat, it seems every Monday we have a very similar conversation, so close yet so far. Same old conversation. <laughs> Same old Lions. Right. Uh, so this was a very strange game. We'll, we'll get into the final play in a little bit. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me is that when the Lions needed their defense to show up, these guys just, they're not playing very well right now. They certainly aren't doing very well against the run. And, uh, of course, Oakland's quarterback just seemed to have one of those great days that, that opposing quarterbacks seem to have very often against the Lions secondary. Yeah, Carr had uh, all day, I mean literally all day, to pass uh, and, and, and get uh, good yardage through the air against the Lions' defense, which, to be fair, has seen some injuries. Uh, it didn't help that they traded Quandre Diggs, uh, who, is, uh, who was one of their better defensive backs. Uh, Darius Slay is uh, still uh, limping a little bit. Uh, you know, they're banged up, but the, the, still, you know, you got to be able to stop them at some point. And late in the fourth quarter, at least midway through the fourth quarter, the Lions' defense defense was starting to make some plays. They were starting to contain Oakland and give the offense an opportunity to move the ball and get some scores, but uh, that proved to be uh, somewhat uh, difficult as well. There's just not the, the two sides of the ball just don't ever seem to be in sync for this team. Well, and, and let's be honest. I mean, winning on the road in the NFL is not an easy thing to do. Uh, the good teams managed to do it, although even though the, the uh, mighty uh, Patriots found that out yesterday by getting stomped by the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, the Lions, again, the offense was solid. Uh, you score as many points as they did. They lost, what, 31-24. Uh, 
they had a chance to tie that game late. Matthew Stafford passed for a gazillion yards and, and a few touchdowns. He had a good day yesterday, other than a couple of uh, questionable passes that he made. But for the most part, the offense is doing what they're supposed to do. They were gaining ground on the, they were gaining yardage on the ground. Uh, the passing game looks stellar. You've got these great receivers. So that begs the question: Why were Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones not in for that fourth down play at the goal line with six seconds left? I think that's a question that's going to haunt Matt Patricia and Lions fans for the rest of the season because, uh, I mean, what do you do in there with a three tight end package uh, or, or two tight ends anyway when you've got guys like Marvin Jones who seems like he can catch anything with yes. you know two maybe even three guys hanging from him he's still catching the ball and then of course there's Kenny Galladay who is just a stud uh I, you know I I have no explanation for that uh, the uh, the the post uh, the post game explanation we heard from Matt Patricia was along the lines of uh you know why why would you not have your best receivers out there and his response uh, in in not so many words seemed to be like uh, Robert Stack uh, in uh, in airplane no, that's, that's just, just what, what they're, they're expecting, us, expecting to us to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you? I, I, I don't get that. Daryl Bevel is uh, Daryl Bevel got a lot of uh, criticism for the play calling yesterday, and it was pretty questionable, uh, especially when you're running the ball late in the fourth quarter when you need to get the ball down the field. Uh, Oakland began to stuff up the run pretty good uh, late in the game, and so the Lions kept finding themselves in third and long situations. You can't do that. You uh, you've got to you know, you, if, if, if the running game isn't working, you've got to stick with what's what you do best. And in the Lions' case, what they do best is throw the ball and, and get uh, lots of yardage uh, through the air with two two receivers who are having Pro Bowl-type years, a great rookie tight end in T.J. Hawkinson, uh, who, again, showed us uh, the brilliance that he's capable of uh, at times yesterday. Uh, you know, Daryl Bevel, we know, is a good offensive coordinator. Uh, we saw that in Seattle. Uh, he's done wonders with Matthew Stafford this year. Yes, yeah, Stafford was a little off yesterday, but you can't blame him for that pass uh, that went awry at the end of the game. I mean, that was just a bad call. Uh, you know, I think what's happened with him and perhaps even with Matt Patricia to some extent is, uh, you know, they may have success elsewhere, but once you get into the door with this organization, you become lionized. <laughs> yeah. it, it just... You know, something just happens to you, and things that you would never think of doing uh, anywhere else you do here, and it doesn't work, and you're like, why didn't it work? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, and here's the problem now. The Lions are now 3-4-1. and one. They had an opportunity to pick up a game on every team in their division. Everybody in the North lost yesterday. And granted, you may not catch the Packers at this point in time, but when it comes down to, like, a potential wild-card spot, they needed this game. They needed it badly, yeah, especially since the did. next four are winnable for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, their next game is in Chicago against the Bears, who are and awful. They, they tr- yeah, they look they look just lost. I mean, they were terrible. Terrible. Yeah, and yesterday. the Cowboys and the Cowboys come in. I mean, they're okay. The Cowboys are okay, but they're not world beaters uh, at four and three. Uh, then you go to Washington. They're terrible. Come back for Thanksgiving against again the Bears, uh, and then you've still got the Buccaneers and the Broncos, uh, who are also uh, pretty bad teams uh, later on uh, in uh, uh, in December. I mean, the season is by no means over. But if the Lions are going to have any 
any hope of making the playoffs, they pretty much have to run the table at this point with four losses, especially uh, with uh, with the records that uh, both well, Green Bay and Minnesota have put up. And the tie. The tie is one of those things that's going to hinder them yeah. at the end of the season. So that you're right. They, they pretty much have to go in there with four losses and a tie. Um, and who knows? I mean, th- this team has been close in every game they've played. Uh, the only game where they weren't very competitive was against Minnesota, and the offense was fine, but the defense wasn't able to do it. They've got to make some changes there. I mean, this team is capable of doing this, but it's it's flipping that light switch that makes these near losses become near wins that they cannot seem to figure out. Well, what it what does it say when a guy who comes in uh, as your head coach who is supposed to be some sort of a defensive guru, you know, a genius with a pencil sticking out of his ear, uh, can't even put a decent defense on the field? I mean, they ranked, going into yesterday's game, they ranked 31st out of 32 teams in total defense in the National Football League. I mean, that's just not excusable. And Matthew, uh, excuse me, Matt Patricia uh, said uh, at the end of the game he's got to coach better, which he's been saying pretty much all year uh, you know when 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 you have to keep saying that over and over again it raises a fair question is he capable of coaching better and i'm not sure that he is i think i'm, I'm not sure that he's i'm not sure that he's a good head coach or will be a good head coach well it, there's one thing missing from this defense and that's clearly putting any pressure on the quarterback as you mentioned Derek carr just could sit back there all day and do whatever he wanted yesterday uh, yeah he, i think you tweeted out something nice about that yesterday um basically said he could oh, what did you say something about i said he basically could uh, he could sit there and stream an episode of just about any series uh, that you can get st- from uh, streaming video uh, you know maybe even a whole maybe even a whole season of, uh, of the wire or something you know uh yeah but Stafford himself even had uh, uh, plenty of time. I mean, it's not like Oakland. I mean, he was sacked a couple of times, although one of those times he kind of sacked himself, uh, you know, yes, tripping he did. on his he own tripped. feet. Uh, but, you know, uh, when Stafford has the time and his receivers are open, he can do a lot of damage. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many total yards there were uh, in yesterday's game. It was several hundred. I know that. Uh, it wasn't a stellar defensive effort on the part of either team. Um, and we we didn't see any punting until the second half. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's just, I would like to see, I, I don't think they have the pieces on defense to compete. They have a potentially elite offense. And to be fair to Daryl Bevel, it doesn't, it doesn't help that Carrion Johnson's out until maybe the last couple of games of the year with that uh, knee injury. Uh, if you, if you have him in the mix, I think maybe instead on fourth down in that situation, instead of uh, doing a tight end pass where uh, where Stafford, who's a right-handed quarterback, is backpedaling to the left, uh, you know, you can hand it to Kerryon Johnson and just, you know, have guys in front of him trying to push a hole through the line and maybe he gets in and ties the game. Um, you know, so the it's not they're not a horrible team but they're not a great team three you know after eight games three four and one that's eh, about yeah that's about what i expect the lions to be in this year or any year for that matter <laughs> yeah. well looking at their schedule early in the season i mean a lot of us were predicting that they were going to go zero and five to start the season um not because mm-hmm. we didn't have any faith but just that the competition they were going to have early in the season was so tough i mean the Lions schedule this year has not been easy it gets a little easier from here based on what we know about these teams but again, like you said, they're pretty much going to have to run the table to get any sort of consideration uh, or even an opportunity to make the playoffs this year. Now, speaking of playoffs, one team that does not have a chance of making the playoff is the Michigan Wolverines, but they have been playing better as of late. 
Uh, their victory over Maryland, quite lopsided, probably not as lopsided as it looked on the scoreboard. But again, they went on the road. Uh, they won a game they needed to win. Uh, they've got State coming up and a couple of tough games, obviously Ohio State in a few weeks. Uh, I don't know. What does Michigan look like? I, I'm, I see them once again maybe playing Florida in a bowl game on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the new rivalry, Michigan versus Florida, uh, uh, at the end of the year. That's, that's right. Um, uh, look, you know, that's, it's the bowl game between the conference also rands. Yeah, look, and here's the thing. I mean, Michigan did finally uh, show some life uh, after after aimlessly wandering through the first half of the season. They, they, they seem to have put it together in the second half against Penn State and gave themselves a chance uh, to, you know, perhaps tie or even win that game. They absolutely boat raced Notre Dame. Uh, and, uh, you know, 38-7 to against Maryland, that's not... You know, I mean, that's that's a that's a respectable outcome to be sure. Uh, what I, I think what basically happened is that they they have, it looks to me as though they've abandoned uh, the uh, speed in space concept that Josh Gaddis was uh, was supposed to bring in, and they've gone back to doing what they do best under Jim Harbaugh, and that is power football, uh, run the ball, uh, make uh, make good passes uh, on on high percentage plays. The same thing that's gotten them nine, ten victories. Uh, a year, uh, the first few years of, uh, of Harbaugh's tenure, but that's not going to beat Ohio State. Uh, and, and to be fair, I don't think anybody is going to beat Ohio State this year. I mean, they're better than they were last year. I think Michigan has come back to where they were about a year ago, uh, but they're not any better than they were last year. Ohio State is is definitely better than they were a year ago. Um, I, I just don't see Michigan winning that game. Uh, I still don't. And the next two games. Uh, the next two games are tough. I mean, Michigan State, you know, everything that could possibly go wrong for them this year has gone wrong so far. Uh, the, if, if Joe Bocci remains suspended for the Michigan game, it's going to be very hard for that defense to, uh, to, to stop Michigan's uh, uh, running game. However, under, the thing to keep in mind with that it is, is that it is a rivalry game. And Mark D'Antonio owns Ann Arbor. He's 4-1 and one in the big house since taking over Michigan State. Uh, the and, and, and his teams, Danto- the hallmark of D'Antonio's teams for the last 12 years has been they play their best football when they have that chip on their shoulder, when they feel disrespected, when they feel like nobody takes them seriously. Uh, th- and they always play Michigan with a chip on the shoulder because that's, you know, I mean, that's, their, that's who they want to beat more than anyone else is Michigan. The, I believe State will play their best football of the season against Michigan. And if well, Michigan they're going to have to because they've been awful the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah, oh, no question about it. No question. <laughs> they, 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 they obviously are not at the level of, of an elite team like Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, you know, they, they Or they even Minnesota. They were just not in any of those games. Uh, but, you know, it's still a rivalry game, and, it you know, it, 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 it still could be quite close. And Indiana... Uh, has has given Michigan fits the last few years. I mean, Michigan's ended up winning those games, I like believe. 52 to 49, stuff well, like now, that. Well, now, wait a minute. No, now last year, 20 to 10 in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, that's true. And, 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 and that was, remember, if you, if you remember that game, how it progressed, Indiana was getting huge chunks of yardage in that game, running the plays that Ohio State would run with much more success the following week. I yes. mean, we saw the danger signs in that game. And then I think the last time Michigan went to Bloomington, I think they came out with a victory in triple overtime. Yeah, this like is, that was like fifty something to forty nine, or yeah, this that was is an amazing game. This, 
this is Tom Allen's best team since he's been at Indiana, which really is kind of a low bar. Let's let's be honest. You know, they've only won nine games twice in a hundred and some years. Uh, but you know, they they have you know they're 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 seven and two, same record as Michigan. It's uh, you know the, that's a potential upset there. Um, so you know, I mean, it, it, there there's still there there's still a lot of questions whether Michigan uh, can come out of these next two games unscathed. I I think it's highly unlikely that they lose both of those games. Uh, if I were to pick one that they would lose, I'd say probably Michigan State just because it's a rivalry. Um, they should win both. They should win both of those games and then uh, and then welcome Ohio State in for their uh, for their annual tanning. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we can and, we can have we can have some hope here, Pat though. All right, so put it this way. If if Obviously, Michigan struggles against Ohio State. There's no question about that. But here's the feel-good story for me in the Big Ten this year. As a guy who went to Western Michigan University, P.J. Fleck was the coach there who took that team to 13-0, and got them to play Auburn in a bowl game, which is something that MAC teams just, that just doesn't happen. He's now gone to Minnesota after a couple of tough years to get started there. He's got this team 8-0. Are they for real? And is P.J. Fleck some sort of miracle worker? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, he's an excellent coach. We already knew that. And uh, Minnesota, let's be honest, they've not played the toughest part of their schedule yet. They still have to play Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh, both, I think a Penn State, uh, Penn State this week. Both big rivalry games, uh, Wisconsin and uh, uh, and Iowa for uh, for Minnesota. Uh, you've got, uh, I think, the Iowa game, that's Floyd of Rosedale trophy. And then, uh, of course, there's Paul Bunyan's axe uh, between uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Those are, those are going to tell us how good Minnesota really is. Right now, they're two up on everyone else in the division. Uh, if, if they beat one of those teams, if they win one of those rivalry games, they should still end up winning uh, the Big Ten West and getting to the championship game in P.J. Fleck's third year, which is better than what Jim Harbaugh has done at Michigan, which is not getting to the Big Ten championship game in five years. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I absolutely knew that was coming, but I'm actually happy for the Gophers. I like what they're doing this year. I think it's pretty cool, um, and uh, I, I also love their stadium out there in Minneapolis. It's very, very cool. All right, well, Pat Batchelor, we're going to have to let it go. Uh, we appreciate your time, sir, and uh, we will talk again next week. Uh, another, It's going to be another interesting weekend. Michigan, of course, is off this coming weekend, uh, yes. but we've got the state game to preview in a little bit, so we'll talk a little Lions and maybe preview the big game the following Saturday. Thanks, Pat. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Pat Batchelor, of course, morning host at WDET, Detroit Public Radio, is joining us on Mondays, as he does, to talk a little Lions and Michigan football and, of course, Big Ten stuff and all that good stuff. We appreciate his time. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. And that's going to do it for the Craig Folly Show on this Monday. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Coming up on tomorrow's show, 
some really, really exciting news uh, when it comes to treatment for those suffering with cystic fibrosis. Really huge news, as a matter of fact. So tomorrow, we're going to talk to a person who is on the forefront of the fight for research dollars for cystic fibrosis, and we'll talk about what this medical advancement means for people who have the disease, and we'll talk about what other people can do to make sure that that research continues. It's a very serious uh, breathing disease that uh, we do need to deal with, so we'll talk a little bit about that on tomorrow's program. Looking forward to that. Don't forget, you can send me a message. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com is the easiest way to do it. You can also find me on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Instagram, all those good things. And feel free to send me messages there as well. I appreciate all the support, all the messages I've been getting. Remember, pitch me on why I should be talking to you. I like to talk to cool people doing cool things. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Looking forward to more of that. Send me a reason as to why I should be talking to you. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing this. If you liked it, you want some people to hear it, make sure you let them know that we're out there each and every day. Certainly do appreciate it. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow on The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news.